All right. Welcome to the Rise Up Podcast. I am your host, Jonah Mitchell. And on this show, I do my best to help you simplify everything that goes into the weight loss process so that you can show up the way that you want to show up and ultimately create a, uh, not only the results, but the lifestyle that you want to live without getting in your own way. Because um, a lot of times we make this a lot harder than it needs to be. Making it more frustrating, more uh, more difficult to see the results that we want, and you know leads to um, you know questions of why does any of this matter? Why even try all those things, right? And maybe and also trying to do my best to provide clarity on on the most effective ways to you know execute towards your goals. But a lot of this is is aimed for the, you know um, the psychological side, hence uh, what today's episode is about. Um, and you know I hope you I hope you enjoy. Though first and foremost, you know if you're a longtime listener. Current client, former client, or brand new here. I just want to take a quick second and thank you so much for taking the time, taking uh, time out of your day to spend a little bit of time with me. Um, and if you learn something, if I help shift your perspective, it, if it kind of just sheds the light on a situation that you didn't understand before, I'd really appreciate it if you just take a moment to share this with li- at least one person. Um, you know, my entire goal is to help you with wherever you're at, no matter what's going on. You know, and if I never speak to you, if I never speak directly to you, I hope that I can even have a small impact on your journey uh, moving forward. So um, if you enjoy this, uh, if you enjoy this show or and want to see more of my stuff, um, that is linked in the show notes. If you want uh, abundance of resources and the community that I'm a part of, that's also in the short, uh, the, the show notes uh, at the Transformation Project. Um, and yeah, I think that's all this stuff on there. Um, and we're gonna kick this this show. We're gonna get this this party started. The show on the road, whatever the uh, the euphemism is. Um, and I'm really excited. I mean, you know, I always I always feel like I'm talking like about the psychological side of weight loss, but I really wanted to to just dive into it a lot, uh, especially today. Right, the psychology of weight loss is is very complicated or I don't want to say complicated. It's complex um, and difficult to truly grasp um, your mind around because I mean, there's many reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is that it's not always quantifiable, right? And this is why our attachment to the numbers, the scale, the body fat percentage, the inches, whatever it is, um, usually take precedence because they're simple. They're ways that our brain can actually quantify success. And I use air quotes um, <laughs> because sometimes we can even see those improvements and not feel successful. And I can speak from experience. Um, so yeah, so the these quote unquote success that we're looking for doesn't always align with what we think it does. But we na- we tend to gravitate towards the things that our brain can quantify. Because, and this is a biological response, right? We have lived for thousands of years because we've not only we've not been just the uh the the best apex predator that just you know out uh, just out survives everything but we're the most adaptable uh creatures on the planet no matter what we're in we can adapt to the situation and not only survive but thrive and sometimes necessary survive through those times um and in that in that biology those that biology that we naturally have right there's tendencies that our brain and has developed that want to be able to predict as much as it can to keep uh, to keep us alive, to keep us safe. Because unfortunately, you know, I've said this once or twice before, but um, your body doesn't care about your weight loss goals. <laughs> it doesn't care about your happiness. It cares about one thing, survival, you living, your heart pumping. That's all it cares about, right? And it often doesn't realize that 
that comes at a cost of certain things, right? We feel like, you know, just because we want something, we would know what to do, right? We would know that, uh, and the signal that uh, if, sometimes it feels like our body's fighting against us. And we know, you know, it's our body. It should do what we tell it to do. But in reality, we're telling it completely opposite things without being aware because what's going on upstairs? Um, and this lack of ability to quantify these things because of this survival response of wanting to predict, wanting to understand, wanting to, you know, put things in the categories to know what's the threat level, what, what, uh, what's the risk of the situation, right? Or how much, how little, so that it can, it can put, so our brain can put these things in their, in their categories to understand what is in front of it. Um, when we can't quantify, right, it's very hard for our brain to open the doors that, don't really have the space for numbers and they're hard to actually disc- uh they're hard to actually um for lack of a better term they're hard to quantify they're hard to to look and understand without logic right when we try to we try to always logic our way through this when a lot of what we go through especially in the psychology of weight loss is emotional Emotion usually always wins and logic, even though we know what we should be doing, always gets put on the back burner. And then this gets this turns into more emotion when we know what we should be doing and we don't do it. We feel shitty. We feel miserable. We get down on ourselves. And it's a just a, you know, feedback loop that we find ourselves trapped in. Right. And then it just builds over years and eventually to a point where we where we stop trying. Right. And I want to to go through that and kind of explain that process out because this is something that I personally struggled with the most like this is you know i've my story's long right i've mentioned it multiple times right i struggled losing weight i struggled gaining weight i struggled feeling comfortable in my skin no matter what i was dealing with right but every time i would attach to one of those number numerical goals it would never bring me the solace that i want it would never create a lifestyle of comfort where i wasn't constantly thinking about food or uncomfortable with certain uh the uncomfortable that i felt in my body because there was other things that i wasn't able to quantify i was always chasing them because those are easier to chase our brain it wants to hide behind those things because because we can't quantify the emotions, the inner workings of our mind, it's often scary to relive and open some some paths in our brain that makes it hard to do the necessary things that we know we should be doing, right? So I want to really clear something up before I get into anything, all right? There is only one way to lose weight, and that is to eat in a calorie deficit. Calorie deficit does not mean starve yourself. It means um, consistently eat the uh, eat l- uh, less calories than you burn on a regular basis, right? Consistently. It's not just you do it one day and then you're down 10 pounds, right? You do it consistently. But this does not mean you starve yourself consistently, right? This means doing the things that are going to help you burn a little bit more calories more often, right? Building better lifestyle habits, better understanding, better awareness around your food and your actions so that you make a deficit not feel like a deficit and you can see sustainable results without the bullshit right um because even if you have a metabolic disease or or autoimmune disease or anything like that the one thing still prevails that the body fat the weight on your body needs to be mobilized needs to go through a process that tells it it needs to use the energy because body fat is used as energy to continue to survive if we constantly consume the maintenance amount of calories or overconsume 
the uh, or consume over the maintenance amount of calories, it's either going to hold, it's going to stay, it's going to stay stagnant and and not act, access the fat cells to utilize for energy. Or it's going to, if you're over-consuming, continue to store energy for later, right? And again, we need to establish a consistent calorie deficit to see fat loss. Now, where psychology comes into play with this, right? It makes it incredibly difficult to establish that deficit and consistently stay in it, right? Because some people can see short-term success, like any any diet they've done, keto, intermittent fasting, uh, paleo, carnivore, vegan, whatever the fucking thing is, <laughs> it it all does the same thing. It aims to help you consume fewer calories, right? And keto usually has a much quicker, you know, turnaround because not only are you consuming less calories, but when you consume less carbs, you you lose a lot of water weight really quickly. I think for every one gram of carb in your system, you retain one or I'm sorry, four ounces of water. So when you drastically cut out water, or I'm sorry, which, well, I mean, when you drastically cut out carbs, you lose a lot of water weight because you don't have as many carbs in your system to hold on to water, right? Carbohydrate. They're, they're tied in together for that reason. But anyway, right? A lot of us have the have this headspace that we need to get a calorie deficit. We need to eat more or eat less, move more. So we need to just drastically make changes, right? But this is what part of the psych, this is a big part of psychology that if we just focus on it for two to three months and we just put all of our energy into it, we should, we could be able to reverse all the stuff that we've been neglecting for the last, you know, one year, two years, 10 years, all the way up to for as long as we've been alive. Right. I've worked with people in their fifties and sixties who struggle with their health their entire life. And then they sign on with me for six months and, you know, it's very easy for them to get frustrated with lack of results, quote unquote, lack of results, because they always want to jump to, okay, what can't I have? What can't I have? What can't I have? Because they're not used to looking at this uh, through a psychological lens. They're used to, at, you, they're used to looking at the next thing that's holding them back, right? What's the one food that I can't have that's going to really transform my results. And really that's not the case, right? We need to understand that what's going on between our ears we are, we are one decision away from truly transforming our life. It's a lot closer than we realize, and it lies between our ears, right? And usually there's three types of psychological issue, uh, psychological struggle struggles that make doing the mechanical things of consuming fewer calories and burning more calories a lot more difficult than it needs to be, right? And usually it all stems from this big one. So if you take nothing else but this away from this podcast, I want you to know that this big one is usually, usually the biggest reason for all your struggles, uh, negative feelings, uh, setbacks that you don't understand, right? And it starts with a lack of clarity, right? And hear me when I say, oh, I'm just wanting to lose 20 or 30 pounds is not clarity, right? Just, I want to lose 20, 30 pounds. Done. Cool. I want to be more confident, right? I want to fit better in clothes. Cool. Awesome. All very valid, but that's not true clarity. That's you trying to attach to the quantifiable things that you think, you think, and possibly even believe will help you feel better, right? But really, these are, really what our clarity does is give us the reasoning, the fuel to keep trying, 
right? Because life is going to have its ups and downs. Nothing is ever truly going to be perfect, no matter how hard we try, right? So if we just have like, oh, I want to lose a little bit of weight. I want to fit better in my clothes. I want to feel more confident. Again, all valid, but they're not true. They're not deep reasons to keep showing up. They're not deep enough, I should say. They're very surface level. Right, Because you're going to have bigger stressors in your life that are going to be way louder at saying, hey, this is more important than those things. Right? If you have kids and they get sick or they have projects or they have, they have uh, activities that you have to constantly make time for, right? you're wanting to lose about 20 pounds. It's not going to be nearly as important as, as important as that. If you have financial stressors, you can't pay your bills right now and you have to scramble to find a way to pay your rent, right? Wanting to lose 30 pounds doesn't doesn't always uh, match up to that level of importance, right? If you want to go out and enjoy yourself and, and not think about and not worry about your, the food choices that you make, right? But And you don't want to feel restricted. Well, that 30 pounds is not going to seem as enticing because you're going to feel super restricted if you don't address this first, right? You're going to have other things that you feel like are more important to you. And until we actually understand where your priorities are, what is on the other side of truly accomplishing the goal that you want, right? Deep down, you understand, then you'll have more reasons to still try and then be willing to modify what your lifestyle currently looks like without needing to change everything, right? A lot of people think that they have to cut out all the foods that they love, not go out, not go out and enjoy drinks, a good food, parties, whatever, right? But you can do all those things and still lose weight. You just need to understand where it fits when you understand your priorities, your clarity of where you want to go, right? And this is also a big trigger of, uh, of the knowing what to do and, and doing what to do, right? And oftentimes knowing and doing do not connect, and this is what helps knowing and doing connect is providing clarity. So, for example, I've struggled for the vast majority of my life with with never quite feeling comfortable, good enough, um, and I was always lacking something. I was just never quite – I could never be quite satisfied with anything that I've done. So anything that I've achieved, anything that I've accomplished, it was never good enough. Never good enough, no matter what. You know, uh, I think – out of all high school athletes, um, you know, and the, uh, football is a big part of my story, but all high school athletes, I think about 10, less than 10% are able to go play college football. Um, actually, I even, I think that's even less. I think, I, I don't remember the actual statistics, but I think it's about five to 10% of all high school athletes go and play college football. And then it, of all the college football athletes, it's like less than like 3% of them go play professionally. So, being in that that like being even able to go get that chance to play college football is a pretty big achievement for for a young man for any for any athlete growing up right it's very easy to not even get that opportunity to do that um but even though i did get that opportunity i got a scholarship i had i had i had a scholarship to play football someone was paying me to play football and go to school at the same time but in my head it was a d2 school and d2 is not d1 right it's not good enough but I guess it'll work, right? Um, I was able to be a starter by the end of my uh, red. Actually, at the beginning of my redshirt freshman year, I was star- as a, a starting linebacker, right, for my football team. But still, wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough, and I would constantly tell myself that over and over and over again. Even though I worked really hard, I did. I constantly worked hard, but it was never. 
good enough to do to be worth anything, right? If uh, if I were to not be able to take care of a family member or not be able to show up for them, uh, or if even if I did show up for them and do the best and do something, you know, the, the best way I could, it still would never be good enough. I could always do more. I could always do more, right? And then that carried over into you know my after I lost football, you know, I gained forty five pounds to try and play at a higher level. That was still wasn't good enough, right? Now I had forty five pounds and I was no longer playing football. And no matter how hard I worked, it wasn't good enough um, uh, to get that weight off. I got down to two fifteen at like eight percent body fat. Guess what? I looked amazing, but it still wasn't good enough constantly drove me insane and the problem i was facing is i didn't actually understand what i needed and i was actually talking to one of my clients about this yesterday when we have emotional responses when something's not good enough or we have a hard time showing up or we always make excuses not to do the thing right there's usually a bigger reason behind it right we're usually for if we're emotional eating or stress eating or anything like that we're doing it for we're doing it for reasons that we may not identify. We may have we may yet we may not have yet identified. There we go. Words are hard. Um, and because of that, because that of that situation, um, or because of that reality, we constantly chase other things that may fill in that gap that we don't necessarily understand yet. So what I had to do a lot of work on. Um, was just understanding my emotions. Why was nothing ever truly good enough? Why could I never feel satisfied with the accomplishments that I had, physical, mental, right, career-wise? I would never feel good enough. It always would just, it would always never be enough. And then deep down, you know, I, I had to do a lot of self-reflection. And this is the scary part. When we're understanding psychology, right, a lot of times when we look inward, we start to uncover a lot of rules, a lot of uh, a lot, a lot of rules that we were either given or we accepted as we were growing up because of the environments that we were in, because of the people that we are around. Our brain only cares about understanding the rules of survival when we're born, right? It's it's not like we are we're not entirely ourselves until we understand the quote unquote rules, right? Again, we're the most adaptable, adaptable creatures. Our biology first and foremost understands what does it mean to survive in the situation, right? And oftentimes we will, t- we will develop defense mechanisms or rules that served us in the environment that we grew up in. And again, you don't always, it doesn't always have to go this way, but a lot of times it do, it, do, it does stem from what we learned as a kid or what we picked up as we kept getting older, Right when we tried something and it didn't quite work, or when we were raised uh, by a certain uh, uh, parent, or where we were around a bunch of kids uh, or a bunch of even adults that didn't necessarily align with the way that we want to feel, but we accepted that that's what it meant to survive in this scenario. So for me, my survival mechanism growing up in a house where one my my biological father I don't know he's in he he's uh, he's in prison um, my my stepfather that w- raised the majority of my siblings and I. Um, taught me that no matter how hard I try, I can't defend or protect the people that I love. I was small in an abusive household and I couldn't do anything about it. And it constantly, I was constantly reminded of that as a kid, right? And it's kind of scary when I went down that because I started opening the doors of understanding the actual reason why I don't remember a lot of my childhood. And I'm not going to sit here in trauma, uh, just try to get you a trauma bond, but again, this comes through understanding. It doesn't have to. Yours does not have to be as traumatic as mine. This is just my story, and I try to tell it as often as possible so people can understand that there's nothing wrong with you. You often learn behaviors that helped you in a scenario. 
And that scenario no longer serves its purpose as you've gotten older into adulthood. And you've just carried those, 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 uh, those rules, those behaviors, because that's all your brain knows. And when we're developing as kids, you know, it's very, it's, those are like our core memories. Those are what is, uh, drives a lot of our, our, our choices as we get older. And we don't realize it because we're adults. We should know better. Right. And oftentimes if we had parental issues or anything, right. It's very difficult to transition and un- uncover those things because it's scary, right? Again, it doesn't have to be as traumatic as mine. I can't give a specific example off the top of my head, but because I, f- I, I, I went through that, I had to understand that I didn't feel worthy of ever being good enough. Feeling good was not in the cards because I, the rule that I learned in the environment that I was raised in, right, was that I could never do anything. I'm too weak. I am too small to amount to anything that could help or be be a part of any uh be a part of anything good. Good enough was never a thing. It was never just it was just never enough, right? And that sucked. I had to understand that. And that was the reason why nothing ever felt good. And when I started to uncover that, I was horrified. <laughs> because again, going back to what I was talking about at the beginning, our brain loves quantifying things. It's easy to quantify numbers and body fat percentages and scale weight, right? Because we often have a hard time attaching the other feelings that we had if we're like going from like upstate where we're trying to remember when we were happiest, right? And usually we remember the, the number on the scale more than the actual relationship with food, the relationships we had around our family and friends and and uh, the way our body felt, right? We, we remember the number more than the actual experience because the number is easier to remember. The number is easy to put your, your, for your brain to put its finger on it can't quantify feelings it can't quantify emotions especially the ones that are hard to remember that are scary and traumatic that suck to relive and we're the only creatures on this planet the only creatures that on this planet that can think of something and our body responds like it's actually happening so if you've gone through some tough times and you go back in your memory and you and you're just like playing the scenario that you went through again you oftentimes feel your heartbeat start pounding like you're actually there again because We're the only creatures that can do that. We don't always live in the moment like dogs, cats, other animals that just operate off of what's today. How do I move on to the next day? Right? We can live in the future. We can live in the past. That's what makes the present so much more difficult. Right? So this is often a lot of times the, the driver for a lack of clarity. We don't actually understand what's getting in our own way. Right. So this is why we say I want to accomplish something, but then the next day we go and do the complete and utter opposite of that. Right. I say I want to lose 30 pounds, but in reality, every time something happens, I always find a reason to eat uh eat uh, very uh calorie dense snacks at the end of the day because it makes me feel better because all the stress I have going on in my life. But it completely contra- contradicts what I want. Right. But I don't know how to put the two together is because, well, what you say you want isn't as important as staying the same protected from the the actual real reason when you and we can't change something that we don't understand all right i'm, I'm beating this like a dead horse because like i said this is the the most important thing right usually usually if we are having a, when it comes to psychology and weight loss if we're having a hard time actually doing the things we know is beneficial for our goals it's usually because we don't know the real reason why we can't do it we don't understand it right and when we actually are, start uncovering that it's not going to be found in another workout program and another diet right cuz those are just going to perpetuate the current feelings that you have with your diet with your relationship with your food and your exercise Right, we need to under uncover what's actually getting in the way, and usually it's this lack of clarity. 
and providing, oh, I don't need to feel better in my body because I just need to feel worthy enough to to be okay, to be good enough, right? I need to feel, I need to practice feeling that, right? Looking at what I currently do, because oftentimes, I, and this is why I love working with the people that I work with, the high-strung overachievers who who like to constantly be busy doing other things, right? To just slow down and acknowledge the fact that everything you're doing is amazing. And it's, it takes a lot of hard work to get to where you're at. And this is very specific. If you're not like this, this is okay. I still work with different people, but this is this is how I react, right? This is how I've responded. Nothing's ever been good enough. Even if I achieve great things, it's not good enough, right? And a, and a lesson I had to learn to really understand this relationship with myself, to start feeling comfortable in my skin without a number, without a body fat percentage, was to look around and acknowledge the fact that I do work hard and I have accomplished great things because of it. And just acknowledging, practicing, acknowledging that what I've done is good, is good enough. And I think the biggest fear that another fear that I had from just trying to practice that was acknowledge, if I acknowledged that what I was doing was enough, that I would stop, that I would revert back to really, really uh, nasty behaviors that would completely, that would be worse than where I'm at, uh, the, than what I'm currently doing. Like, uh, 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 abuse, addiction, uh, things I was surrounded by. Um, and if I did, if I ever stopped, if I ever was too satisfied with everything I accomplished, if I was, if I was, if I acknowledged the fact that I am okay with everything I've done, I was, uh, I was scared. It would be a, a f- admittance of, um, uh, ad- my admittance would be more of like, okay, I'm done. I, this, there's no more, there's nothing else for me to accomplish. There's nothing else for me to strive for, but it's not true, right? It's just a fear it's that I've, I grew to um, understand based off the environment that I was in. But practicing, acknowledging how hard I've worked was is not a, is not a flaw. It's cool. I used to be here. Now I'm here. I get to go forward. I get to do more, right? In a way that actually aligns with me. It's not a need to constantly strive for more because I don't feel good enough if I don't. So I know I can feel good about where I've come from. I can feel good about that, knowing that I had to work hard to do that and that I can continue to strive for more if I want to. There's a big difference between need and want, and that's what clarity right in the beginning helps provide for you. And if you can really understand that and understand if you're if you're struggling with the different with the with saying something that you want and then constantly doing something contra- tr- uh, contrary to what you say you want, there's usually a reason for it. And one more little tip for this before I move on to the next one. Oftentimes, <clears throat> there's two people in our heads, eh, maybe three, depending on which reference you use. But I like to simplify it to two. All right. There's usually a like preteen angsty version of ourselves that's always want, uh, whining and raving and throwing tantrums to get what it wants immediately in the moment. Right. And then there's the adult version of us, the, the one who's supposed to be the parent of the situation, who's supposed to calm the toddler down and and be oh, and give them what they need, not what they want. Right. And oftentimes the toddler or the preteen or the the preteen or the angsty preteen throwing the tantrum gets what it wants the chocolate the candy um the immediate gratification of reducing stress with food or lack of lack of movement lack of exercise distracting ourselves from the actual problem but the parent we have to be the parent for ourselves in our minds and when we can step in and say hey this is this is not going to solve our problem this is actually going to make it worse this is going to make it harder for us to get to our goals we need to look at this the way we need to look at this logically 
right? And if we constantly listen to you, we're always going to be over consuming calories, making it harder to get into that consistent calorie deficit. We're always going to try to hide our emotions with food, with, with TV, with, with alcohol, with whatever we, we struggle with, right? That's the tantrum throwing. That's the, the preteen version of you throwing their tantrums, right? And we need to be the adult and explain the logic back in and catch that preteen and say, this isn't who I want to be. It's a part of who I am, right? We can't we can't get, get rid of it. It's there for a reason, right? It's w- just wanted to help. It just wants to help you feel better, but it doesn't really. It can't think ahead. So if you can start catching yourself between those two versions of you and start inserting your adult voice more often, you're going to feel more capable. You're going to feel a lot better, and you're going to be able to look at clarity on the. Uh, uh, you're going to be able to provide yourself the clarity of you're taking care of yourself the way that you need to. And that's going to develop the relationship with your food, with your body, with yourself. That's not that will lead to the physical results that you say you want, right? If they truly align with how you want to live your life, right? Not everyone needs to have a six pack. That's okay. That's like totally fine. Not everyone needs to be in. Uh, not everyone has to be a certain number on the scale. That's fine, right? If you want those things, make sure that it's actually you, and it's not your preteen version thinking that it's going to solve a a bigger problem with a short term fix. So. I, I really wanted to hone in on that and and really drive that home because if you don't get that right, it's it's an uphill battle all the way from there. You're constantly going to be getting in your own way, right? That's the psychology that's going into this. That's making it harder for you to stay consistent in a way that actually aligns with your goals, not just f- because I have to cut out carbs to lose weight. Yeah, it worked, quote unquote, worked for you in the past. But if you regained all the weight that you lost because you didn't plan on staying on keto for the rest of your life because it didn't actually align with you because you're chasing a number on a scale and not a lifestyle of understanding and taking care of yourself, didn't actually work just because you had the physical result that your brain constantly identifies, right? Uh, Another big part of uh, another category of people uh, that the psychology of the psychology of weight loss gets in the way for is the all or nothing person. Right. I am also an all or nothing person. And I guess I've always been uh, a version of these things. I guess I combined my my one and three. Right. Lack of clarity um, is usually if we don't understand the real reasons why we want to make change, we're going to have a hard time. Right. And then it went, I went I went into my own story of the never good enough. Things can never be good enough. Right. That's a that's a big part of what makes it hard for us to um of be consistent because we're always striving for for more and never being content and and just happy with what we have right or what we've accomplished it doesn't mean you're satisfied doesn't mean you're done right so uh lack of clarity never feeling good enough and then the last one the the one of the there's probably more but the the last one of when it comes to psychology is the all or nothing person right i'm either doing everything right or i'm doing nothing right (laughs) and it's and i hear it all the time i'm just an all or nothing kind of person so, and I, I actually heard this um, from my good friend, uh, Jared Hamilton. I think I get him on the podcast. Actually, I, I did. I got to bring him back because he, he's he's great. I learn a lot from him and, you know, I've always aligned with the way he, he teaches. Um, but he usually describes all or nothing. And I'm, I'm, t- I'm pulling it from him because it's just a great thing. It's an excuse. It's something that excuses our, our behaviors that are direct contradictory to our goals. It's like... Yeah, I'm all or nothing person. I either do everything right or I don't do anything. So yeah, so I'm just going to, if I have one bad meal, it's just a bad day. All well, it's all downhill from here, right? That's not a sustainable relationship with food. <laughs> just giving yourself the excuse to say, yeah, my, my goals don't matter as much as I say they do, right? And that's that's not fair. That's not fair to you and everything that you want to accomplish, 
right? And again, we need to catch this. We need to identify this. Like, is this how you always want to respond? This is one of my favorite questions to ask my clients when they're going through these, these mental throws. Is this how you always want to respond to a situation? You always want to immediately throw your, your goals down the drain, right? And it's always like, well, no, it's like, good. And then we need to understand that the problem isn't the fact that you can't stay motivated for, for three months. The problem is that this is this relationship of being all or nothing is making it really hard to stay consistent. Because the most important thing you need to see results is consistency. Calorie deficit doesn't mean starve yourself consistently. You can do that. You can see results. But if that is actually aligned with you, probably not. Right? And this all ties back into the same uh, the same thing I was talking about. Clarity. Why do I respond this way? Right? Is this the example I want to set for my kids, my family? Do I want to be that person? Right? Or is there a better way? Is there a better way I can be living my life that I didn't even think could be possible because I'm so used to how miserable this process is? And our brain gets what it's what it, what it uh, our brain gets what it's used to. It always will look for the things to confirm its beliefs, and it makes it hard to see the actual path forward. Right? So we have to catch these things. We have to see them and see if it if it is it actually us. Right? Because this is this is what leads to the most important thing needed to understand the psychology of weight loss and then and then connect the psychology and the mechanics right the mindset and the mechanical pieces that lead to the physical transformations that you see online all the time right you can see a transformation of somebody and they post about it they're so excited but if they didn't work on the mental stuff i guarantee you they're terrified every single day of losing their results and trust me i've been there i got to a place where i was happy physically but i was mortified afterwards because i thought that well well, not only did that not fix my problems but now i have something to lose and i post on social media and everyone's gonna judge me everyone's gonna see that i failed i want to tell you a secret for those of you who may have had that experience or or (laughs) have been through that before or have seen people or know people nobody cares about you as much as they care about themselves so just because you post one thing on social media, and this is from working on social media for a very long time, you'll make one post and you'll feel like it's the most informative or most you know sincere thing on the planet. No one other than, other than outside of like your immediate friends and family will like truly like intake that for longer than like a week. If that like you're lucky if they think about your post for a week. (laughs) I don't even think it's that it's probably like less than like two days, right? Less than a day. Cause just think everyone's always distracted. Everyone's constantly scrolling and skimming. So your video, your, your post, your picture, right? Someone may like it. Someone may comment on it, but the second it's gone, they're not thinking about it anymore. Not nearly as much as you are because we live in our own heads. We all have our own shit that we're going through and we're all not alone, (laughs) but I I wanted to go down that. We're not alone in the in the struggles that we that we have. We all have the same struggles, right? We may look and idolize people who say they don't, or 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 they they look like they have it all together. But we all will have the same insecurities and struggles. Um, and I don't even know how I got down this rabbit hole. Oh, right, 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 right. Because again, the physical is not the answer to your problems. It's creating a lifestyle of alignment, right? And having clarity, understanding the mental relationship that you have and the actual things that you need to provide yourself to create an aligned lifestyle, right? Doesn't just mean healthy. Aligned, an aligned choice does not always mean healthy. Sometimes I want to have 12 deep fried wings. 
I just, I fucking love wings. <laughs> wings are amazing. And if you told me that to see the results that I wanted, I could never touch wings again. I'm not doing what you're telling me to do. Right. That's understanding alignment, right? A line choice just me is uh, sometimes it means wings, but then it's also considering what my physical goals are. If I want to have wings and I also want to maintain a certain body fat percentage, uh, maintain a certain amount of muscle definition, I probably shouldn't be eating wings for every single meal, every single day. Probably shouldn't be eating wings every day in general. Maybe it's once or twice every month, you know, and that's okay. Right. That's okay. That works for me because I know, I know what I want to accomplish. Right. And that's when we understand the mental side of this, you get to the point where you get to make these aligned choices that you get to do what you want to do that aligns with your health and your goals. Right. Everything can fit in your diet. It just has to align with you. Right. You know, uh, that's why I try to move my clients away from saying good or bad. Right. There's no good or bad choices. There's aligned choices or misaligned choices. And usually misaligned choices are the ones that leave us feeling frustrated, defeated, and want to give up. It's like, because we crossed a line with ourselves. It's like, oh, I had one bad meal. And then I was like, well, I feel bad about it. So I'm just going to go down and say, fuck the rest of the week. And I'll start again on Monday. That's a misaligned choice because that's not how you always want to respond, right? You don't always want to start again on Monday, right? If you blow out, this is a good analogy. If you blow, uh, if you pop one tire, while you're driving the road, you don't sit there, pop out and pop off all the rest of the tires, right? To drive home. No, you, you change the spare tire. You go through the inconvenience and change it or you call someone to help you, right? It's a great analogy because, I mean, it's crazy. It would be crazy if we popped one tire and to, to just go down that same rabbit hole, we pop the rest, right? We wouldn't think about doing that because, well, why the fuck would we do that? <laughs> that's going to make my problem. That's going to make my problems a lot more difficult, Right? Same philosophy, right? If you always make misaligned choices and you don't understand them, you're constantly popping the other tires. So we have to catch that. But okay, I had one bad meal, right? Or I'm sorry, excuse me, got to catch it first. Um, I had one misaligned meal, right? But why did I have that misaligned meal? Was I in an environment that I couldn't control? Was I super stressed? And, and was it just convenient for me to say that? Say yes. Okay, so the lack, the choice wasn't, it wasn't the, the, the choice wasn't bad. Right. If it was the only thing I could have, oh, we're good. Uh, if it was the only thing I could have eaten in the situation, right? How could I have modified the choice to feel a little bit better about it? Right. If it was wings, right? Could I have grilled wings instead of fried wings or, or baked wings? Right. Could I have had, could I have eaten a little less of it, knowing that I gave myself the ability to try, so I don't go down the usual rabbit hole of giving up, right? And an aligned choice is, you know what, I want to eat foods that help me feel good, help me feel satisfied, that align with my goals more often, right? Because what we do most of the time matters more than anything else. And if we have like an occasional off couple meals a week, right? Well, it's not even off if it's an aligned choice, if it's a date night, if it's a celebration, right? If you have that once or twice a week, right? But the rest of the week, you're making aligned choices because not because you have to, because it actually it's where it's how you want to it, it, uh, emphasize how you want to feel. And it's going to amplify where you want to go physically, right? You're creating a lifestyle, you're creating comfort, you're creating understanding and a relationship with yourself and your food that's on your terms. You're creating control around your, your choices that allows you to feel good about it. Right. This is when we understand this concept of um, 
being aligned with who we are, what we want to be. And that comes through clarity first, identifying the, the thought patterns that hold us back. Right. And we, we remind ourselves, what's the most important thing? Right. How do we want to show up? How do we want to respond to situations? Where do we want to be physically? And why is that important to us? Right. Where does my thoughts come from? It, it makes doing the mechanical stuff of weight loss, of losing weight, of intentionally lowering your calories. Right. Not starving yourself, eating more nutrient dense options that make you feel like you're eating more food than you ever you actually ever have before. But calorically, it's less. So you start losing weight without feeling miserable. And you're making more of your aligned choices more often, right? You're you're making nutrient-dense choices more often so that it gives you the wiggle room for every now and again, right, to say yes to a celebration, to cake, to dessert, whatever it is, right? But it's not the majority of the time because our body responds to what we do the majority of the time, right? And this is why mechanically it could be difficult if we don't understand psychology because we say we often make misaligned choices more often. That's what our body reflects, if we make aligned choices more often, right, aligned choices with our health and our goals, and then the, and we create the wiggle room to live our life at the same time, we can see the results that we want. Just takes a little, I don't even want to say it takes a little bit more time, right? It takes a little bit more time of doing the work necessary to see the result that we truly want deep down. So yeah, you may not see weight loss for three months. Oh my God, that's horrifying. But for if what's three months to struggling with for struggling with your problems for decades, right? And this is what I I try to help my clients understand, and I want to save them the time. Like it's not supposed just because you've struggled with this for your whole life doesn't mean that you will struggle with it for the rest of your life, right? I've seen clients in their forties, fifties, and sixties struggle with these relationships in their brain, and you know I get them for you know six to twelve months, and they have a completely different perspective, and they're living a lifestyle that they enjoy. Right. And six to 12 months sounds like a long time. But again, when you compare it to how long you fucking struggled, it's not very long. <laughs> That's why I try to talk about this as much as possible, because we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. We need to hear this and understand this over and over and over until it clicks. Because if we don't understand this, we will always be stuck in the rat race of doing things that make us feel miserable, don't actually help us feel, feel any better, and then makes it way more difficult to see the results that we want. So. I hope it makes sense. I hope this helps you. I, and again, I really appreciate if this helps open some doors for you, helps shift your perspective. If you share it with, share this episode with at least one person. Um, if you ever have it, if you're anything, if you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me on social media. I do my best to, to, to connect with, with everybody to respond to questions. Um, you know, and I just want you to, I want you to be the best version of you. That's all. all right. So I'm going to stop rambling here. I actually had notes. I still kind of, every time I write notes, I still kind of go all over the place, but that's all good. I hope it made sense. And if you need anything, don't hesitate to let me know. I'll see you in the next one.